Hi everyone, on this week's episode of the Investors Corner, we're joined by Neil Fenning. Myself and Andy chat with Neil about a whole range of different topics. So if you listen to this episode, we're gonna talk about investing in stocks and shares, buying whiskey barrels. We're obviously gonna cover the property market as well. Neil's tips and advice for landlords out there after 15 years of working in the property market. And myself and Andy are also gonna pull Neil apart a little bit on some of his quirky investment ideas that he's had since lockdown. Enjoy the episode and thanks Neil for joining us. Neil, welcome to the Investors Corner podcast. I am in. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Yeah, very good. Looking forward to chatting about a few curveball things on this podcast. It'd be interesting, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we used to end with this, but I'm going to start with it on this podcast. So I want to know, what do you think is going to happen to the property market over the next 12 months? It's that bold question that we always say, if you're watching this in six months time, did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? We'll yeah. maybe use this as content. We will record it and play it back to you. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> I was right with the with, with the previous one. So I think it's it's nice and stable at the moment. It's a good market for people moving within the market. We've noticed that in the last six months because the market when it was hectic, you couldn't sell your property and link another property and you wouldn't get, get a look in with viewings. And yeah. People that I speak to now, they said that really put them off in the market of last year, and now they're all starting to move again. So I think there's going to be a lot of activity with properties coming to the market. Um, yeah, it was almost the, the, impossible to move with a chain, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it. a good point, actually. Couldn't do yeah. it. So I've got a few that are going through at the moment that we've actually linked chains. We've helped them find properties, which, again, the market of last year was just too fast-paced. Everyone wanted, wanted it done and dusted yeah. there and then. So I think, simple answer to your question, I think it will get busier which is good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, January was really busy. I don't know if you guys experienced the same, but January was really busy. Mm. And it's 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 nice again now. Obviously, we're coming into we're coming to half term, so it's a little bit quieter. Um, but January was crazy hectic with valuations, so I think there's a, a lot more confidence in the market, um, which again kind of shows the people that want to move and needed to move that just, or sorry, wanted to move and couldn't do it last year. They're back on the scene. What was the stat that we were looking at the other the other week? Forty four percent of properties come back on within twelve months. Yeah, yeah, nearly fifty percent of properties that were withdrawn will be back on the market yeah. within twelve months, which so. is great. And I think a mixture of that in its own right, and then a mixture of the people that couldn't move or couldn't get viewings and then got disheartened. I think it, I think that's going to pick up. I think there'll be a lot more stock coming to the market this year. What type of profile of buyers? Uh, are out there at the moment that you're sort of dealing with? Is it people looking to upsize families, first-time buyers? Yeah, the first-time buyer market still isn't as active as it was years ago. Yeah. But they are there. Um, funnily enough, I went out and listed a two-bed house in the, the last night, and that was the topic of conversation. Was, are there any investors and stuff mm. like that? And, yeah, first-time buyers and investors are out there. It's just got to be competitive like anything. The main body of the market, I think, are people moving within the market at the minute, which is great. It's the bread and butter of the market, the three and the four beds that are Mm -hmm. churning quite nicely. Obviously, where we're based, Shinfield, Lower Early, they're families that are moving, uh, I say constantly, every sort of six years as they have another kid or need the the, the schooling Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I would say... Is there a lot of young families? You mentioned kids and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
a lot of a lot of properties that we're putting together in terms of deals are people that have been in a two bed and they see a nice three bed or four bed come up and they've just had their their first or second kid and they want that extra because there was this phrase wasn't there around lockdown babies Mm. you know there's lockdown babies (laughs) people were busy people people weren't busy with things to do so found things to do because they they needed to burn some calories (laughs) and as a result these children have come out and but it's interesting (laughs) because if we look at it now three years on from lockdown yeah you know we're now those three-year-old children two-year-old children a lot of parents over the next two and three years will be really considering moves based on primary schools. Yeah. And I just wondered whether you've started to see that influx start yet or whether it will be more throughout yeah. the next 12, 18 months. I think Dan and I both, neither of us having children, we obviously don't notice certain things. I didn't even notice half term until someone mentioned it. Um, but yeah, we've definitely noticed more family activity, more, 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 more people wanting to make that jump up. And I think... again the combination of the interest rates being better at that time and people pushing themselves at that time it's it's going to be a tricky one where you've got people that had pushed themselves to a value that they couldn't necessarily afford when that mortgage term comes up yeah so i I think there's going to be some there's there's going to be a real contrast of the market there's going to be people that be the people that push themselves and now they're feeling the pinch Mm -hmm. And they've had another kid, so they're feeling the pinch financially on that. Yeah. And you've got the people that were comfortable renting, had their child, COVID baby. Do we call it a COVID baby? Is that the right thing? To lockdown say? baby? Mm-hmm. Lockdown baby. Lockdown. You can't call yeah. it a COVID baby. That yeah. sounds weird. a bit better than lockdown yeah. baby, doesn't it? The COVID baby. <laughs> <laughs> the lockdown babies. But you've got the people that have had lockdown babies and were renting. We've still got so many people that are renting. And they're, they're late 30s, early 40s. And they're sitting, they've banked a load of money and they're ready to buy. That mm. that's our general marketplace in terms of buyers, I would say. Is so you, people at the late thirties age. So in summary, you think there's going to be more transactions, more people moving in chains, more upsizers, uh, obviously younger families looking to upsize and move yeah. as well. Yeah. Um double and, deals, which we love. And what about sort of pricing? And I know this is very much location based, but what do you think on pricing? What's your gut feeling that that prices have done over the last six months? Um, again, I've had, this is a hot topic at the moment with interest rates changing. There is a real seesaw effect though, over that duration of six months to a year where people notice the rates changing, obviously, unless it's very drastic, but as the rates went up, obviously the prices came down a little bit again, but I don't, they didn't come down drastically. Mm. I don't think they went shot up like they did as we were coming or out of lockdown or sorry, in lockdown. It didn't go down as quickly as they went up. As they went up. Yeah, which is Which is great. Um, but then the rates have changed so drastically that, again, people are feeling the pinch on it. Mm. But, yeah, I, everyone goes, well, is it, what, how do we follow it? What's the right time? Do we wait for the rates to go back down? Well, yeah, you can, but guess what? Rates go down, prices go up. I think that's it, isn't it? It's just people just need to make their decisions now on what they want to do because if they're thinking that, interest rates are going to come down or waiting for a specific interest rate yeah. before they move, there's just yeah. no point doing it. Just get on with your plans and just get it done. Absolutely. Unless you've got a 90% deposit or mm. you're buying cash, you are going to have to take into consideration you are paying a mortgage for 25, mm. circa 25 years. So that 
that that fluctuation in an interest rate is always going to be there. You're not going to have that the same rate for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Be crazy, but ultimately that's always going to fluctuate. What's going to fluctuate a hell of a lot more? The pricing, pricing of the properties. So as I said, the prices shot up quite drastically, tailed off and dropped a little bit, mm. but the rates have actually fluctuated so much. So when you break it down over 25 years, there's no point trying to judge it. There's no mm. point trying to go, well, actually, I've saved myself a percentage for three years. Yeah, well done. You've gone into a tough market and you're paying yeah. 25, <laughs> 30 grand over asking price. So yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where there's no right time or wrong time. You move under your circumstances and you do it by your means. I say, I even say the same to buyers. Obviously, we'll go out, we'll do an open house, and we'll have so much activity. And but with a lot of our sales, we'll let buyers make their decision on their offer, and we'll put them forward to the seller. But I always say to buyers, make sure you're financially comfortable. Mm-hmm. If the rates change in three years, five years, make sure you're comfortable. I, wonder, I think there's a lot that haven't done that. I wonder what the statistics are around the cost, not the cost of the mortgage, but the cost of the arrangement fee, the stamp duty tax, the agency fees, the solicitors for uh, a classic family in the UK for the amount of times they move. What in terms of how much does it cost them to move? Yeah, each time. I'd just be interested to know what the average cost looks like, you know, in the UK because... It's got to be 15, 15, 20 grand if you're taking stamp into consideration on a yeah, average mm. and the reason why I asked the question is when someone makes a decision on the next step, you know, pushing the boundaries on the budget a little bit, but they know that that property, they've gone within themselves to keep the monthly mm. costing down. Yeah. But they know that probably they're going to move again in five or six years, whether they actually, if they knew the price of moving mm. and they could work that out, whether actually it makes sense to actually bite the bullet and go a level up mm, so they yeah. don't have to move again in five years because yeah. they're going to be there in their forever home or for the next 10, 15 years. When you actually work those calculations out, what works out as the better move, basically? Yeah. No, interesting. It'd be interesting to see how the property market unfolds. This is obviously a, about investing. And yes, the foundation of it is around property, as we're discussing. But I'm interested to know, because you're a creative guy, you've kind of being flamboyant in some of the conversations I've had with you about things that you've tried to (laughs) (laughs) that you tried to try to invest in. So I'm just wondering from your point of view, as as someone that's got a successful property business in property, how your experience has been on on any investments you've made outside of property um, or any plans that you are likely to make in property or out over the sort of next, you know, three, five years really. I've I've always been obviously massively interested in property hence me doing this for 15 odd years from a personal aspect i've also been interested in hmos and service departments and service accommodation i I know a few people personally that have done it and it seems like a good return bumped into someone on a dog walk at the weekend was having a good chat about it um it's always the way in that just randomly dog walk (laughs) hmos (laughs) (laughs) walking along selling themselves but it's always been something that appeals to me in terms of cost to do it and then return on obviously what you're what you're getting back from it um personally i'm crap at investing and and saving <laughs> money i like to spend my money for money. <laughs> so different type of investment yeah i'm probably the worst one on that front but um yeah definitely for for me in a property relation hmos have always appealed to me as a as an interesting little unicorn of the market they're just Mm. a a weird little marketplace that if you get it right you get it right and that probably comes down to me being a sales negotiator and showing people around that were multi-landlords and pulling up in their 
Lamborghinis mm, yeah. and whatnot going, yeah, all right. And I'm like, how do you have that? <laughs> I want to know. And that's always in my mind. But then, yeah, as I said, more recently, service apartments, I've got friends that do it. Um, buy to lets. Obviously, we've, we've got a few different people that we know professionally in the industry that flip properties. And I get sucked into the algorithms mm. on Instagram and TikTok these days of people flipping properties. Sharing the story on social. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But for, for us, it's obviously Dan and I, our, our focus and what we've done for the last coming up to four years. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, coming up to four years is the the buying and selling and, and the estate agency side of it but for us on a personal side yes we want to we well as you might know we set up our own investment business years ago but it didn't come into fruition because of different reasons but yeah that would definitely be on the cards dan and neil hmos there we go HMO. <laughs> what about the three of us if we if we had money to invest and we couldn't invest in property what what would be the the B investment? Not NFTs. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I mean, so I, you say, yeah, you, you know, say but, about NFTs, but yeah, if you catch them early, yeah. the up and coming ones, you're in. Because we were, Retire. I was sucked into those, wasn't I? Yeah, a lo- of years just ago. after lockdown. I read yeah. a, I read an article the other day, and there's a there's a altcoin called Shibu. Don't know whether you've heard of it. Shibu Inu is called, and if you'd spent a hundred dollars. Seven months ago, and getting one point three million pounds or something like that, mm. it's now worth eighty-seven million pounds. Wow! Why didn't we do that? <laughs> Seven months. <laughs> it's crazy. It, but is it? Mm. Well, I don't. I don't if quite you, if get you it. Sold it now, yeah, and you managed to sell all of it, then it would be it would be worth that. But it's just, can you get rid of that amount? in one is there a buyer guy. for it yeah 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 because it's hard isn't it it's like someone might turn around and value the mona lisa mm. and say it's worth that but, but is can it? you shift yeah. it because it is it able to be sold at that is, price is the value being relevant to the person at the same time yeah yeah like, but you've got people out there with some ridiculous money that are happy to spend money on anything mm. and everything yeah yeah of course yeah um but no, I, I think one thing that I've been interested in recently is AI, uh, automated YouTube channels, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a kill in there to be had. It's just setting it up and letting it, it do its thing. Um, <laughs> you'll find this funny. Nearly invested into whiskey casks as well. We've, we've joked about that <laughs> yeah, on this just... because we're all in that algorithm. You get the whiskey thing yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, that looks interesting. I've had some interesting chats with the guys. They obviously uh, like to call on a regular basis and catch up with me. And the, th- the thing with whiskey, though, investing in whiskey, you've got to have it for a long time, haven't you? Because they give you a barrel, right? Try not to drink you can it. invest in a barrel of whiskey and then you've got to yeah. keep it for... I don't know what ten years or something like that. I don't that think you own return. the whiskey barrel. It's not like they send you a whiskey barrel to no, your no. house. You, no, you, they you keep basically it in the, store. Yeah, it. yeah. They you store it. it over a duration, and you can either buy one or four, or obviously in multiples of four. Um, you can you can tell I've looked into it. But <laughs> the, the cost of it is actually ridiculous, but obviously it's like anything; it's an investment. The return on the investment looks pretty good. But it's probably going to be one of those things that in a few years you'll hear a radio advert going, did you get conned into? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that whiskey barrel gone that yeah. I invested in, in? And I'm just there drunk in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? I've, I've, start, I've uh, spent the last probably 18 months, 18 months, maybe 18 months playing around with 
uh, just stocks and shares, mm. Hargreaves, Lansdowne, just um, just messing around with it, basically, just to try and teach myself nothing crazy, a couple hundred pound a month, just to see kind of what X, Y, and Z looks like and get a real kind of understanding of how that market and that investing process works. And I'm doing it the expensive way, purposely, mm. like each time I do a transaction, obviously it's a low value transaction, a couple hundred quid, but I'm getting hit with a 12 pound yeah. fee or whatever, but I'm doing that purposely to learn. But it has been quite interesting when I built my my wish list or my watch list to then see how much certain things have changed. Yeah, fluctuations. And, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, like Meta, for example, just an absolute game changer, like the amount of traction. You know, if you'd have put 10 grand into it nine months ago, it'd be worth 20 grand. Yeah. You know, like there's a big... It's just, still just going. Yeah, yeah, in that window. You know, it may, it may be 12 months or, or whatever the metric is, but, you know, quite a significant jump. Whereas putting something into Tesla, it would have potentially dropped. So yeah, you may have lost Tesla, 9%. I think Tesla, there'll be money to be made there because of uh, him building the robots. He wants a robot in every house within the next 10 years or something. But will there be Tesla bots? Or... Yeah, that's what I mean. Because obviously he's got multiple, you know, Starlink and all Tesla sorts are, of... Tesla are building the bots. Tesla are the bots, yeah. And he wants it basically so that they are household bots. Mm. Yeah, he's already built one, hasn't he? Yeah. They did a did a little promo thing on it and I've Scary. got it online. But even, yeah, the, I mean, even the things with the cars, like when the first Tesla came out, yeah. you know, that picture of um, Chinese person, Japanese person mm. was sat asleep at the driving seat yeah. while the Tesla was driving in to work. Yeah. Mm. And the whole world freaked out about the fact that these auto cars could drive, yeah. you know, and obviously that got pulled and it was like, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> you can't sleep at the wheel. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we not did not like thing. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and then things like um, Deliveroo has spiked. Right, you know, not not as much as Facebook, but a fair fair gain in Deliveroo. So you kind of look at from an investing point of view, where should you be investing? I mean, Deliveroo's obviously expanded massively since lockdown. Well, you look at uh, again Uber Eats. Uh, is it Uber Eats or someone that's now got train lines? You, you can get train on an Uber or something. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah, yeah so all, all Uber related. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah Uber yeah. are just going. We'll take the market. Yeah. Has has investing got to excite you? Yeah. Do you think? I think the reward has to excite you. I think that's the way I look at it is I've got a few different pots of things. I've got a Monzo account that's a nice mm. 4.7% interest rate. And, you know, there's a there's a chunk of cash in there that it's quite exciting to go onto the little thing and say, right, what's the lifetime mm. revenue that you've made or the lifetime mm. interest you've earned on it? Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, that's quite cool. I, I like that. The Hargreaves Lansdowne is more of a game, I would say. Yeah, it At is. At the same time, you're, kind yeah. of, you're playing it. And I, I know Dan started to look into it. I've been stuck in algorithms of investments mm. and, again, AI investment. Can you tell I'm just being lazy with it? I want to set, I want to set it up. Everything's AI. Just, just setting up a yeah. system. Someone do it for me. Just do it in the background. But I'm chatting to a guy at the moment that's set. He talks about automated YouTube channels and stuff. But it is. You just set it up and hope for the best. But but yeah, I think it's um, with investments, it is more of a, a game. Yeah. Uh, you, you, it's the excitement. And you're not a gambling man, so to speak. I, personally, are you? I went to Vegas for my boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other than that. But it's not like... It's not like you're you're making massive risks that will be ch life changing for a negative. You're just having a bit of fun, which yeah. I think you've got. Yeah. The only reason why I ask that is because you've obviously got property, right? Which is one of the safest investments that that you can make. And some people are 
especially that I've spoken to, are coming away from investing in property because they've lost the excitement from it compared to the excitement that you can get mm. through the stocks and shares, the crypto, you know, even watch investing, yeah. you know, Trainer. getting on the waiting list for a watch, getting it at a cost price, yeah. second, Ripping and getting it. that watch secondhand right now, you're paying five grand more. Yeah. So people are more excited about that. Obviously, there's a bigger risk that, that comes with that. I think that's that. the like tradey deal, market tradey mm, sort of vibe, I mean. isn't you, it? You mentally, you like that kind of... Yeah. That, that, Just uh, keeps, what, keeps your mind excitement. going. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Rather than putting it in property, yeah. or, like, there, there still is a place for putting money into, into property, but just a different mindset of, oh, I wonder what my... Stocks and shares. Are doing. Shall I cash them out? Shall spotting, I do this? Spotting so, those opportunities, like obviously the the news recently has all been around Range Rovers. Obviously, yeah. the, what's happened with the Range Rovers with how people can now steal them so easily, mm, yeah. and as a result, you know, it cost you five grand a year minimum to get a Range Rover insured. Thirty grand Range Rover three months ago is worth twenty grand now. Mm. You know, they've lost a third of their value overnight. Yeah. Bang, and you look at that and you go. Oh, Thank God I don't drive a Range Rover. Used to, don't anymore. <laughs> Thank God I don't. And then you look at it and you go, oh, that has to be fixed. Mm. Which they've already said that they're going to do the updates and the upgrades and all of that sort of stuff, aren't they? So do you go and get a load of like Range, Range Rovers? Rovers? Do you know, do you go and buy four Range Rovers? Buy low, sell high. In that middle market and mm. go, right, you know, they're 20 grand, but you got four months ago. Driveway. Yeah, <laughs> let's get some. A double garage. <laughs> let's go. You won't get. You wouldn't get a go kart in the garage, but it's, it is a double garage. Um, but you look at something like that and you think, is that a place to go? Because if they fix it and the value of the Range Rover goes back up because the market dispersed and then it comes back in, you know, do you make X one? But that's the tradey deal part. But yeah, of you it. could mm. look at your stocks and shares of it. And, uh, I was going down the route of right buying a load of Range Rovers, but you could you could look yeah. at your stocks and shares and go right. It's obviously taken a dip, but given the conversation that we were having outside about marketing, do you think it could be Range Rover that are into this? And, well, mm. you don't oh, know, do you? Yeah, okay. never know. It's all publicity, isn't it? I mean, they probably haven't had the best of purchasing. It would have been a pretty awful market it's plan a, if they had. It's a costly advertisement plan that's for sure yeah so i just look at my hargreave lansdowne thing just to give you a, a context so my uh total gain in percentage for the fund that i've been investing in now for the last 18 months has gone up 28 percent. so you're starting to learn so 28 percent's all right yeah, you know yeah. for 18 months that's a solid return right mm. and it's quite interesting to kind of just learn about the things but then so i look at meta meta's gone up 85% year on year. Wow. So this is in the last 12 months, 85% year on year. Deliveroo's gone up 8%. Amazon, 12%. General Electric, 34%. That was a tip. Um, <laughs> Uber, 3%. Apple is down nearly 1%. And Lloyd's Bank is my worst performing one. That's down 21%. Don't invest in banks. What made, what made <laughs> you invest in Lloyd's Bank? because the reason I threw, and it was only minimal numbers, there's only about 300 quid on that. There was something that was going on in the market at the time that Lloyds Bank were meant to, they were potentially looking at doing some big acquisitions within the bank world. Right. And I thought that makes sense. 
didn't happen. (laughs) 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 Should have gone gone for Virgin. Um, But yeah, yeah. But that's part of it. Like General Electric, you know, General Electric were very much involved in one of the government grant things. And I just Mm. thought, I like that story. Makes sense. They're involved in that. One of these government grants. So it's going to have a push. It's gone up 35%. This is the thing. It's like, because I follow a lot of, traders that it's their daily job to watch the market and watch all these things it's a full-time job so for someone like yourself or myself doing it as a bit of fun that's mm. like we said that's yeah. what it will be it will be a bit of fun mm. but you're like me you're like learning into it or looking into it and going right how can i how can i do this how can i get good at this it's, it's the risk it's the risk and reward though that you mentioned because i've got i got the best part of 60 grand in a monzo mm. this is a fair fair chunk of cash and i only did that three months ago i want to say about three months ago so i've made about a grand in interest mm. and that excites me i'm yeah. like that's because right. it's free money yeah yeah you know it's my money making money and it doesn't lose money yeah because it is there so i see that as a win whereas i've got a couple of grand in meta and that's nearly doubled in 12 months mm. but yeah. not in not in a million years would i think of moving that 60 grand into meta stock well, this because is again, the the risk yeah, of yeah, losing yeah. it it's still my money but i could lose so you could it's, win it's what what the level you could. <laughs> there you go. But I wouldn't take that risk with that that amount of cash. But I would put sixty grand in a heartbeat into a property if well, it was the is, right deal. Yeah. So Dan and I, funnily enough, we've sat down and done our pensions and some financial planning as well with some um, some associates, should I call them? And again, a lot of it is long term. And I was sat there. No disrespect to the guys if you're watching, but I was sat there going, "This is boring." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sat there going. Oh great! I get to enjoy that, and again, it's like retirement. Yeah. Me and Dan, me and Dan see retirement very differently. Like he likes to plan for that, and dare I say it on camera, I've always said I will be disgustingly rich by the time I get to it. Mm. Don't know how. I haven't worked that one out yet, but I will. It's your goal. Yeah, got that's my goal. <laughs> and I've always said it. So by the time I get to retirement, I'm not too fussed. But it is. It's the sensible thing to do it. Mm. And then we were coming up with some sensible ways of where to put our money, so so that it, you're not it's not costing you money, it's making you money. Yeah. But then again, then you look at it, look at them over a long term, and you're like, nah, I'd rather go put it all on black, see what mm. happens. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. A lot of people seem to make money in the e-commerce, like the Amazon seller world. Yeah, that was yeah. a big thing for the well for what three years ago it blew up. A generation below us. They're big on it, aren't they? Yeah. It's a generation below us. Yeah, there's a load of nonsense videos out there mm. and podcasts and things. But in in a lot of the cases, people are making some decent money sat at home, just yeah. clicking some well, it's, buttons yeah. on their mouse, really. It's the, 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 the age of the nomads that want to travel around. I remember yeah. when I was traveling when I was 19, 20 or whatever I was, and there was a young lad that I bumped into in a, in a cafe and he was working and I was just catching up on some bits. And he just traveled around for the last few years. And he, he wasn't in e-commerce. He was in logistics mm. and moving freights and stuff like that. That was his business. So anything that you can do that's hands-off, so to speak, and you're not necessarily mm. grounded to a position, I think that's just the way of the the ages that are coming up behind us. Yeah, yeah. Because it just shows it's different ways to invest your time as well as your money, mm. you know, potentially as well. I still think... One thing that we haven't covered and one thing that we will definitely get on this podcast that I am super passionate about at the moment is businesses, Yeah, investing and buying in, in businesses. That's another one I've been looking into, yeah. Because I think that comes back to the risk and reward. If you put the work in, you put the hard work in, 
you can get reward from it. If mm. you're clever with how you market your company, set your company up, there is a lot of poorly run businesses out there that should be very profitable. And a lot of people get uh, misunderstood by the number one point of a business is to make profit. Yeah. yeah. And if you've got a purpose, brilliant. Purpose and a passion for it. Great. But if your purpose is not making you any profit, then your purpose is not going to be brought to life, yeah. is it? Yeah. So, but I think that's something that would be interesting as well to, to talk about as someone that's really done a lot of acquisitions in, in businesses, because you do see a lot of those people that you spoke about, the stereotypical landlord that owns a big property investment, normally own quite a big business mm. investment as well, yeah. portfolio. Um, so that's definitely something that um, I'm learning a lot more about at the moment is that acquisition and business investment. Obviously, we've started a lot of companies, you know, through the avocado train, which is exciting. But that that's a place as well. So I'm just interested, you know, we'll bring it back onto property. But if you were giving a landlord that's looking to buy a new property in 2024, what would be the single piece of advice that you would give a landlord? I've basically given similar advice for the last few years and will continue to do so until I see a trend. But for our marketplace, the majority of three and four bed properties around early and lower early are obviously going to be families. And early and lower early is great for the schools, primary and secondary. So you'll get people, families that want to stay there for a long time. Yeah. And they'll rent for a long time, which is great. RG2, RG7, so Spencer's Wood, Three Mile Cross and Shinfield predominantly are more of a business district in the sense that people are wanting Green Park Business uh, Centre and access into Reading, which again is great, but you're going to have people on a contract and not flipping properties, but moving in and out of properties a bit more often, relocating and whatever else. So I've always said to people, like we were touching on, eggs in basket, have the two, the larger twos or the threes where you're going to have those families that are always needing properties. Similar to what I said earlier about three and four beds being our bread and butter of the market, I would say two and three beds are the bread and butter of the, the rental market, in my opinion. That 90 second bit of information there from Neil, you know, about the, how hyper local he's gone and mm. knowing about, you know, where families are, knowing about the more industrial commercial element of things. For, for investors, you know, when you talk about location, location. It's vital that you get that level yeah. of info. It's why they say invest closer to home because you know it better, right? But it does make me also think people underestimate the value of talking to an agent that knows his trade in his place that hasn't got an agenda. Mm -hmm. I know that's hard and people may laugh about that. If you're driving, you just laughed at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's my industry. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. We're trying. Um, but that bit of information there that you've just shared for someone that's thinking, you know, where should I put my money? You would feel very confident in setting yeah. up a two or a yeah. three bed you know in that area with that that in mind yeah. really well yeah you've just set it up in 90 seconds that if i'm a landlord and i've got a long-term investment goal to hold on to that property and rent it out long term i'm going to go to the area at the orin because that's mm. where the families are going to be yeah. less families move because of the schools great yeah I can oh, I'm going to keep invest in that area. And you've just done that in 90 seconds. Yeah. So. yeah. And it's you look gone. at something where you go, right, it's got a good Ofsted rating at primary school level, good Ofsted rating at secondary school level. There is no reason to move when your kids turn 11 mm. years old, yeah. you know, and as a result, you go, right, you could have a family in there for a very, very long time, which is great because less void periods, less maintenance work, less refurbishment, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it all kind of cycles from there. Well, I see it. I see it day in, day out. So, for example, the one in Chinfield that I launched last week, that was a rented property. It was rented for the last few years, but they were struggling with the rental mm. because mm. it's a five-bedroom house yeah. in Chinfield. So they've now sold it. 
sold it within 24 hours just say <laughs> um, but then i've also got tenants that are in properties as i said in lower early or, or early and you get it all the time but you've got tenants that are not upset but a bit well a little bit upset mm. that their landlord is then selling it's like we've been here for ages and we've got our family yeah. here so yeah. yeah definitely on those points yeah i mean we work sort of quite closely to together neil and in, in your area you know there's a lot of properties that are coming available to to let your family homes a lot of overseas investors buying those properties and then renting them out what do you think attracts those those overseas investors into buying property in in your area because there's quite a lot yeah <laughs> yeah I, we've got i know we've merged clients where they are literally overseas buying yeah a lot of the new builds so again rg2 rg7 has a lot of new builds going on and there's more going on. Quite simply, it's simplicity. Mm. It's the simplicity of, right, I know what I'm getting from buying off plan mm. and I can just quickly rent that straight out. Um, and then you if got, they come you back, got Reading, you got London in an hour, yeah. you got the, the Elizabeth line that connects you, connects the dots. You're under an hour to either airport. I think when you look at it as a location from an overseas point of view, just looking at the UK map, you got Windsor there, you know, you yeah. just look at it and you just go, right, you've got tourist attractions, you've got London, you've got airports, you've got schooling, you've got a city there, you know, you just got... I think it's a, great, it's a great spot for buying, selling and renting. We've always been quite fortunate because whenever I look at stats, I, I don't often look at stats, but when I do, I look at it across the UK and then I look at it for our Reading area, Reading in a general. And we've always been fortunate because we're the biggest IT hub out of London. Mm. So we're always going to have that influx of, of people buying and selling and, and obviously wanting to to move within the area. And then investors will look at it and go, well, that's a hot market yeah. on both sides. And you get good returns as well for those properties. I mean, we had a, a, a four bed that came up, two and a half thousand pounds, three beds, 2,100. So the, the returns are good in that area, good. aren't they? So. But that's the thing. I sent that to a friend that's looking to move back from towards London. Mm. And he was like, that's so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it was in a group chat where it's uh, my other friend who lives up in Scotland. And he's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? The it, different market. It is unbelievable. So as someone that's in property, but also dabbling and looking at a variety of algorithms, um, <laughs> let's say someone came to you today and said, right, Neil, I'm going to give you 150 grand and I want 250 grand back in 10 years time and you can keep the rest of the profit. Where would you put that 150 grand? Beach bar in the middle of nowhere. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> That's for different reasons. Back on the purpose, no profit point. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not take the money and run to a beach. Um, I'm I'm looking into. Funnily, we touched on it, but I'm looking into buying businesses, as in a, another topic that I'm learning at the moment. Um, I think there's definitely money to be made there as investment. Just buying profitable business, as you look at it, black and white, and go that can make money. Yeah. Not. I'm interested in knitting socks. Yeah. Mm. That business, knitting socks, can make do what it wants. Always need socks. Everyone needs socks. Um, and then obviously one thing for me is the AI automated YouTube channels and stuff like that. YouTube is just a power in itself. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, it will uh, never switch off as well because it captures the generation. It All our kids, you know, your kids will watch yeah. YouTube. I just bought another iPad. I never so saw it as a thing. She can watch YouTube on yeah. it. <laughs> it's mental. Crazy. I find it mad when people say that their kids just sit and watch YouTube, I'm like, I go on YouTube for business related stuff. 
but I'm again of that generation and you guys are the same where you mm-hmm. kind of you've you've used YouTube as it was coming becoming a thing and now it is the thing yeah YouTube yeah. for kids is the thing they watch yeah, and it'll evolve and, you know you generations change have you ever watched some of these programs <laughs> when, they're, the, when they're sat there <laughs> soaring around their house just playing with toys and it's got like 60 million views yeah. you're like there's yeah, loads that I, I ban those. They're not allowed to watch those particular ones you're talking about. It just it's weird. <laughs> but if you want to watch Peppa Pig, yeah. if you want to watch Storyly Explorer. Okay, go well, watch those ones it. Are weird. There was, there's I know a girl that um, she's got a massive Instagram and YouTube following. She opens toys. Mm. Mm. No, but that's what I mean. It's it's got to that point now where you can literally do anything. Yeah. And you can yeah, yeah. become famous that, and what, make money from what it. What is it, ASMR as well? The old sounds? Yeah. That, that makes me sick. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, the, kid, the kids watched constantly. They sat on and watched the telly with the YouTube on, and it was simply a car running over different things. And just a close-up of the wheel squashing things, like an orange, Play-Doh, <laughs> a doll. Like, is- it's the weirdest thing, but they're just like, wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> it, it makes me worried about... The generations to come and yeah. <laughs> the, the brain science behind it. It's a perfect way to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, property, YouTube, whiskey barrels, Hargreave Lansdowne, Monza accounts. We've covered it all really on this episode, but I think that's what it's about is just chatting through it. And, you know, people listening will probably uh, take a bit of value and uh, enjoy the conversation as well, I would have thought. So, you know, thank you for coming on. No, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. been yeah. great. Yeah.